Hello! Welcome back to the second episode of my podcast, Talking to Myself. Today is going to be advice day. That's what it is. It's advice day. Today's episode is called 10 Lessons from a 21-Year-Old. Because I'm too lazy to make 21. I'm not a big fan of introductions. Let's just get right into it. Now, let me preface this by saying that this advice is simply just raw advice coming from me. Advice that I feel like would have been helpful to know when I was in high school or when I was younger. So I'm going to give my best advice that I possibly can to you today. Number one, learn to love your body in whatever phase it is. One of the biggest life lessons that I've learned since turning 21 is that your body is literally changing all the time. And I mean all the time. Like what you don't know, what you probably don't know is and what young girls probably don't know in high school is that your body actually goes through kind of, I don't want to call it a second puberty, but it is almost like a second puberty. And this is when you start to get your woman hips, you start growing into your body shape, you start, you know, your body just starts to form into a grown woman's body. Let me tell you, that came as a fucking shock to me. Nobody fucking told me this shit. Oh, by the way, (laughs) you're going to be like super stick thin and you're going to have a really high metabolism all throughout high school, but you know, just letting you know, the minute that you turn 20, you're going to get a fat ass, thick thighs, and have chafing till you can't fucking sit down anymore. Okay? Okay. But yes, your body does go through a second puberty. Oh my gosh. I remember when mine first started, I started to realize that I could no longer fit into my clothes the way that I used to because I was eating the same amount as I used to in high school, but I wasn't working out as much, you know? And that just happens. When you get older, you get fucking tired and you don't want to do anything and you just want to sit at home alone and read your goddamn book. As you get older, your body does go through different phases. As you get older, you don't want to fucking do anything. At least that's for me. I'm extremely mentally ill and depressed and have to take a happy pill to make me feel so much better. So learning to love your body in whatever phase it is in, especially if you have suffered from body dysmorphia or anxiety or, you know, just overall hating your body image, it can be extremely difficult. And It can turn into a very unhealthy thing if you don't keep yourself in check. I remember when my body first started to change again. It was when I was 20 years old. I'm 21 now, so that was was like a year ago, year and a half ago. And oh my gosh, I'm turning 22 this year. That's crazy. But anyways, so I remember I was like, damn, why is my skin getting so bad and it started out as small like the changes for my body started out really small first it was like not being able to fit into my clothes and 
because I wasn't working out, of course, as much as I used to, but it was also because I was getting my curves and I was getting, you know, I was eating more because I felt healthier than I did when I was in high school. I haven't, I hadn't had acne. I used to get acne really, really, really bad in high school. By the way, if you have acne in high school, girl, you're fucking fine. Like it's normal. You're fine. Acne happens to everyone, even the prettiest girls you see on Instagram. Yes, they have acne. Yes, they have stretch marks. Yes, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, so I started getting these small little pimples around my lips. And I was like, okay, so maybe it's just hormone, like period acne. I get that all the time, yada, yada, yada. Well, a month passes by and the acne is still there. And it's getting worse. I start getting acne around my chin, acne on my jawline, acne all around my fucking mouth. Like, I looked like somebody had literally just scraped my skin raw and put so much acne there. It was so red. It hurt all the time. It became, like, it just started getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And it just turned into cystic acne. I usually have sensitive acne prone skin. I could pop the pimples and they would go away, but this time it was like they fucking hurt. I couldn't lay on certain sides of my face because it just burned and it scraped on my oh, I can't I just never want to go back to that. Anyways, after a couple months of having horrible acne on my face, I go to the dermatologist and I'm like, "Bruh, what the fuck is happening to me?" And she's just like, oh, sweetie, this is normal. You, it's literally just hormonal acne. Like, I have so many people that come in here all the time and they're, you know, early 20s and they're going through this second change that they don't know about. And I'm sitting there like, why did nobody fucking tell me this shit? This would have been so helpful to know. Like, at least a warning. Like, hey, by the way, your body's going to change a lot again. But never mind me. I got medicine for my acne, finally, and it started to get better. And once I broke up with my boyfriend at the time, which (laughs) no surprise to me, really, my acne got instantly better. So maybe he had a little bit of a contribution to how bad my hormonal acne was. Still, it got so bad. I am in a healthy relationship now with my girlfriend, future wife. She, She has been pumping me full of fucking food like none other because we're in a healthy relationship now and that's just what we do when you're in a healthy relationship you eat so much food but yeah I started I gained so much weight in my stomach honestly I'm okay with that my whole piece of advice is basically to say accepting your body in whatever phase it is it's in is very hard because your body does go through changes, knowing and having that knowledge that you cannot physically help the fact that your body will go through hormonal changes again, it might take a little bit of the pressure off, you know? Accepting yourself and your body in whatever fucking way it looks, whether you have curves, whether you don't have curves, whether you have big, long, bony arms, or fucking... I don't know, you look like Slenderman. It doesn't matter what you look like because in all honesty, nobody fucking cares and the only person who should care about what you look like is yourself. That's it. 
And if you can learn how to feel confident and comfortable in your own skin, you have the whole fucking world at your hands, okay? There is nothing more powerful than a confident person who understands where they came from, who they are, what they can expect from themselves, you know? So my next piece of advice is choose wisely about who you share secrets with. You honestly don't know who knows who. I have had to learn this the very, very hard way. And learning not to have a big mouth about your secrets is very important. Very, very, very fucking important. My therapist in when I was in high school told me a very important thing that I still remember. I'm going to try my best to explain this. Basically, you were in the middle of three big circles. And each circle encompasses the next one. In the first layer of the circles, you have your immediate family, the people that you talk to every day, your girlfriend, your best friend, everyone like that. Those are the people that you should choose to share your secrets with because you have already established that layer of trust and self-discrepancy towards them. You know that they will keep your secrets. You know that they will not fucking stab you in your back and go and tell 24 other people, you know? Then she explained in the next circle, you're not your immediate friends, but more acquaintances, people that you associate yourself with, maybe not on the day-to-day basis, but more on a, um, maybe like you see them at school, you're in passing with them, you have one class with them, you, you know, people that you don't, you aren't friends with, but you're close acquaintances with. And those are the people that I would say watch your back on because truthfully, and I need you to listen to this, you don't know who knows who, and you don't know who talks to who, who is connected with who, who, you know, hangs out with who. You just will never fucking know. If you waltz up to one of those acquaintances and you're like, hey, this big fat bitch over here called you this fucking name, or they, or you just start talking about that big fucking bitch, and you go off on them and then that acquaintance goes and tells that other bitch then you're fucking screwed you're fucking screwed because now you look like the dick and even if what you said might have been true still don't talk shit about people that you don't really know you know just don't just don't do it it's not fun which brings me into my third piece of advice which is Don't talk shit about the people who have your back. Seriously. Because trust, trust is a very, very fragile thing. And you don't really know how quickly bridges can be burned. It's scary. It can be scary. Because I'm going to be honest with you guys. Trust takes fucking years years to build back i have too many stories on what i have done in the past i have you know 
burned my family's trust a lot and and I have reaped the consequences for that. I've had to take responsibility for the fact that I was breaking trust and talking shit on the people that I, you know, who had my back in the first place. And if you're talking shit on those who truly honestly have your back and would support you in whatever phase of life that you're in, those people are fucking rare and you're a piece of shit. Okay? Don't talk shit on the people who have your goddamn back. But the people who truthfully have your back, they won't have your back anymore. And you will be left alone. And you will have to face those consequences for yourself. And let me tell you, you do not want to be on the other side of those fucking consequences. You just don't. And especially in high school, coming from a girl who graduated with a class of 78 kids, word spreads like fucking wildfire in high school. It'll come back to you. It will. I truthfully believe in karma. I believe that whatever energy you put out in this world, you will get back. So just, yeah, just don't talk shit on the people that you love and trust. It's just not a good thing overall. Okay, so my fourth piece of advice would be, for the love of God, see a fucking therapist. And here's why. It is nobody else's responsibility except for your own to deal with your own fucking trauma. I understand. I completely understand. Was it your fault? Whatever they did to you? No, it wasn't your fault. Is the trauma that has been inflicted upon you your fault? No, it's not your fault. But it's your body. It's your brain. It's your actions. It's your words. It's your thoughts. It's everything. It's your responsibility to create a better life for yourself and to not continue to spread that trauma onto somebody else. And I understand some of you may be like, seeing a therapist is so fucking stupid. <laughs> so fucking stupid. No, it's not. Seeing a therapist is expensive. And I understand maybe some of you guys don't have access to go, you know, drop $200 to see a fucking therapist for one session. I get it. I completely get it. I have ghosted probably six or seven therapists in my life. So it's understandable. I get when you go to therapy, you might not feel like sharing anything. Or even if you don't go to therapy, you may not feel like you have anything to share or anything to talk about or anything to, you just don't think that therapy will help you. But I promise you, I pinky promise you with everything that I have in my heart, it will help you. I have been severely mentally ill since I was in elementary school made me stay on this earth. Seeing a therapist helped give me access to medication for my mental illness. She, my therapist, gave me tools to help me become a better person and work through that trauma that I didn't even know that I had. You know, that's what I think. So that's why I say, even if you don't think that it'll work, just try it. Just try it. No matter what it's for, therapy can be beneficial for everyone. Just give it a try. And if you hate it, just disregard what I say, okay? If you truthfully, 
honestly cannot stand your fucking therapist and hate the idea of going to therapy and talking about your problems, then ignore what I have to say, but don't knock it until you fucking try it. Seriously. So my next piece of advice might be a little controversial, but I feel like it's important, especially in today's generation, that I, something that I need to cover, watch how much weed you smoke. Or if you don't smoke weed, be careful. So I have been a hardcore stoner for probably two years now. I just say hardcore stoner because that means that I like smoke pretty much every day for the past two years, which I know is crazy. It's insane. Like, that's so much fucking weed. But let me tell you, I... After college, well, right out of high school, I went insane. I mean, literally insane. I tried to eh myself. And so for a coping mechanism, I began doing drugs. All kinds of drugs. All of them. Probably not all of them, but a lot of them. I've tried coke. I've tried acid. I've tried shrooms. I've tried weed. I've tried Perks. I've tried Xanax. Yeah. I know. I know. I know how it sounds. Oh my god, she's just a fucking druggie who is addicted to all these drugs. I'm really not. I, the last time I've tried any hard drug was probably over a year ago. Weed is an insidious drug. Yes, people say that it's not addictive, but it's not an addictive drug. Like, the drug itself is not addictive. What is addictive is the feeling of being high. That's what got me addicted. That's what got me to this crazy stoner point of smoking every day for two years straight. There is this quote, and I quote it all the time, and and I always talk about it every single time somebody brings up weed. There was this quote from Euphoria. And it's when, if you, for all you euphoria lovers out there, um, <laughs> I sounded like Big Mouth. Oh my god, I just sounded like fucking Big Mouth. Anyways, so the quote from Euphoria that I always say is when it's like, I don't even remember what episode it was, but it's when Rue and Angus Cloud, I can't fucking remember his name in the show, but it's that red-haired kid anyways they're sitting on the couch and she she's talking about her dad's funeral and how the first time she tried drugs it was like it all went quiet that for me was like weed everything just went quiet I didn't have to think I didn't have to feel I was just gone you know, like, like it finally felt like there was enough air in the world to breathe again. But that's what makes weed such an insidious drug. It's because it can give you that feeling of nothingness that so many of us mentally ill people crave, I would say. Because when your thoughts are running 24-7, It's just constant hate on yourself. Smoking weed makes it all go away. 
So my advice to you is if you are a stoner or if you are just now starting to smoke weed or if you are considering smoking weed, just please be careful. Understand that smoking weed costs a lot of money. It's 10 a G and, you know, if you're a stoner like me, it takes a lot to get high. I probably go through an ounce every two weeks, I would say, which is ridiculous. I, I used to smoke that much. I don't smoke that much anymore. I've cut down a lot. I am actually really proud of myself for how much I have cut down. Like, I went from four blunts a day and probably two dabs a day, like four blunts and then like dab after dab after dab after dab. And then like that every day. And now I can barely even finish half a bowl. I don't even get high. Like it's just, it's like a comforting thing to me now because I know that it'll make me feel good. So yeah, just be careful. Understand how much you're smoking Know that it can become a bad thing if you let it ruin your life. If you start to become lazy, if you start making excuses, start smoking for everything, just be conscientious about how much you're actually putting into your body. So my next piece of advice is you are going to look stupid, but nobody fucking cares. Okay, here's what I mean by this. I have done so many embarrassing things in my life. You know, as I look back on them, nobody fucking cares now. Nobody cares. I mean, nobody probably even remembers what happens. I remember one time I got to the dance, got a little bit too excited. And ended up running <laughs> running full force at the punch table and slipping and falling and sliding and colliding with the punch table, causing the entire punch bowl to come down on top of me in front of the entire school. So here's what I have to say. You might think that people are, you know, all eyes on you all the time and watching what you're doing and waiting to call you out on something embarrassing to happen. Here's the news. People care too much about themselves to be focusing on whatever the fuck you're doing. Okay? Nobody cares what you're wearing. Nobody cares. Will they make fun of you? Maybe. Will you be made fun of sometimes? Maybe. Have I been made fun of? Absolutely. Have I been laughed at? Absolutely. Have I been made a joke of? Yes. Dude, I'm literally blonde and I'm the ditziest person I know. Do you know how many times people were like shocked that I actually had intelligence in high school? This is a side story, but I remember one time in high school, I was sitting in my trigonometry class. Listen, I'm not the best in math. I have never been good at math, never once, never uh, never will be, never will claim to be. So I had to be in the special math classes because my brain is ADHD and I had undiagnosed ADHD for 18 years, which made my brain focus and work 10 times harder than everybody else to focus on what the teacher was saying. Anyways, 
That being said, I had to take special math classes because I didn't understand math as well as the other kids or as quickly as the other kids. I was sitting in my trigonometry class one day and we were solving this specific problem as a group. Well, I happened to know how to solve this one specific problem. I had already had it solved when the other two girls that were sitting at my table, they didn't know how to solve it. So I leaned over and I was like, hey, let me show you how to do this. So I walked them through it. Turns out it was the right answer. And they looked at me and I will never forget their fucking faces when they looked at me. It was pure shock and confusion that me, Shelby Clark, the ditzy, dumb, blonde girl, just solved this math problem for them. And they were like the top, like these two girls, smartest girls in our grade. Like they had gotten 33s, 34s on their ACT while I had gotten a 22 on 23 on my ACT. Okay. I'm not good at standardized tests either. Okay. My point being, you will get made fun of, you will get laughed at, you will, people will make jokes about you, people will criticize you, people will say all they want about you, but here's the thing, people have opinions, but you don't have to listen to their opinions. You don't. Because they are not responsible for you. They have no effect on your daily life. Their opinion to you literally does not have anything to do with you. You don't have to make it a big deal because their opinion is just that. It's just an opinion. You don't have to let other people's words affect you more than you need. My next piece of advice is for those who are like me, they're people pleasers. They will go out of their way to make sure that everybody in the room is doing fine, they're happy, they will put all your, you will put all their needs above your own in order to fit in and make sure that nobody rejects you and nobody leaves you. That's also part of BPD, but we'll get into that later. My piece of advice for you, take up space. Take up space in your life, take up space at the gym, take up space at school, take up space at work. Make your voice known. Make your presence known. Because if you don't take up your own space, somebody will take it from you. And somebody will take advantage of you. And then next thing you know, you're in your people-pleasing era again. And we don't want that. We don't want to be people-pleasers anymore. We are not people-pleasing. It is 2023. We are putting our own fucking life before everybody else. We are putting our own wants, our own needs, and not in a selfish way, but in a healthy way. And what I mean by taking up space is taking up the space you deserve. For example, if you're at the gym, you know, you see an open squat rack. Don't Be shy and be like, oh, no, somebody else will take that. Somebody else will take that. No, take up that fucking space. Take the whole squat rack. Because I know that there are some people out there that like to intimidate the people pleasers and like to take advantage of them. But we're not going to do that anymore. Take up your own goddamn space. Okay? That's all I got to say. My next piece of advice, number seven, is learning how to be alone. Learning how to be alone is probably one of the most important lessons that you could ever learn. 
it it's so beneficial. And I remember it was when I dropped out of college in 2020. In 2021, I met this guy. We started dating. Before I knew it, I was consumed by him. This, of course, had to do with me having borderline personality disorder and him being a raging narcissist. But anyways, when I say consumed, I mean I was physically not okay without him. His attitude and his mood affected my mood. I just became this shell of a human being who was so attached to this other person who couldn't even like think about living without him because the thought of living without him was so scary because I didn't know how to fucking be alone with myself because the thought of being alone by myself was so fucking terrifying. It was terrifying. I mean, I was obsessed with him. It was the most toxic relationship I have ever been in was the best fucking thing ever. Up until that point, I had had a boyfriend every year since sixth grade. I had had this, I mean, when I say I had this idea that I couldn't physically be alone by myself and be okay with that, I mean it. I had a boyfriend every single year, with the exception of my sophomore year, from sixth grade until I graduated high school. And then after that, it was just boyfriend after boyfriend. And I know I sound like a fucking whore. I do. I sound like this desperate piece of shit. But mental illness is a fucking bitch. And you will never understand it unless you have mental illness. But back to what I was saying, my mental illness caused me to think that I couldn't be, be okay with being alone. But then one day, it was like I saw a glimmer of respect, of self-respect. I found that after I broke up with him, I remember standing in my apartment, crying, hugging him. But I wasn't crying because I was losing him I was crying because I had wasted so much of my time trying not to be lonely when I could have just been alone this entire time and been so much more happy after that day I have I felt more peace in my life now that he was gone than I ever did when he was around and then I started learning how to be alone I started finding things that I liked to do. I started finding hobbies. I started working out. I started reading, <laughs> ironically, started reading the Bible. Um, got better relationships with my family. So please, if you listen to anything in this podcast, please listen to this. It's okay to be alone. I know that it's terrifying, and I know that you may feel like you'll be alone forever, but you're not really alone. You have yourself, and that's okay. 
So my next piece of advice, I don't even know what piece of advice I'm on. I think I have like three more left. I don't know. Next piece of advice is no, you are not too much for anybody. You will never be too much for the right people. I oftentimes find myself trying to fit into groups and I found myself doing this a lot in high school. I tried so hard to fit into groups that I knew that I didn't fit into. And in my brain, I always thought maybe it was because I was too much for them. Maybe it was because I was too weird or too annoying or too loud or too whatever. I thought I was just too much. But here's something that I've learned and something that my girlfriend Riley has showed me these past eight months that we've been dating. You will never ever be too much for the right people. The right people will love you and accept you and encourage you to be more, to be too much, to be your loud, boisterous, weird, annoying, cool, chill, calm, self, anything that you are. They will accept you for whatever you come as. Those are the people's opinions that you should care about. Those are the people that will have your back no matter what. Life is about finding those people that you will never be too much for. So please, if you ever feel like you are too much, there are some people out there that think that you can give even more. Okay? Okay. Next topic. My ninth point, I think. My ninth life lesson is life's purpose. When I was younger, I used to always question, and I feel like I kind of went through a bit of a spiritual, I don't want to call it an awakening because I feel like that's just a stupid word, but it was more just, I, I thought about a lot of things in a spiritual way and like how the universe was created, why we're even on this planet and why, why are we living the way that we live? Why, why did we... You know, why are there so many depressed and mentally ill people out there? Why couldn't we have helped them or created a better universe for ourselves? And why I had so many feelings. <laughs> I had so many emotions and just thoughts that I couldn't express. And the main question that I kept coming back to was always, what the fuck is my purpose what the fuck is life's purpose why are we here like what what is the point of all this suffering and can i just leave if there's actually no point to life you know okay let's let's just say this i did a lot of shrooms i did so many shrooms and shelby and i me and myself and i we did have a come to jesus moment and it was very eye-opening here's what i've discovered any animal that you can think of, they don't question the purpose of their life. They just live. They're born. They live. They eat. They shit. They die. That's their purpose. A deer's purpose is to be a deer. A bunny's purpose is to be a bunny. So I had to ask myself, why is that not our purpose? You know, why is, why is being a human 
not the purpose of life, you know? And then I started to really think, like, maybe maybe that is the purpose of my life. Maybe, maybe the whole purpose of why we're on this planet is to just to be a fucking human, eat shit and die. Eat, comma, shit and die. Not eat shit, you know? <laughs> I just feel like the point of being a human being is to be a human being, is to live life whatever way you live and I don't believe that there should be regrets. I feel like the purpose of life is to just live however the fuck you want to live and be a human being and not question our existence because that's not what we're supposed to do, you know? Something put us here. We're here for a reason and... I think that reason is to just live life as a human being and have an experience as a human being. And no, you don't have to have it all figured out yet. That's my last and final point. You, you don't have to have anything fucking figured out yet. If you're in high school, babe, that is your job. Live life in high school. I know it sucks and I know trust me i know but try to find joy in the little things try to just experience life day to day try to live a slow life try to live in the moment be here be now put down your fucking phone and talk to people and live just live your life that's all i gotta say just live your fucking life guys okay well Thank you so much for listening to me ramble on and on and on. Um, sometimes I feel like I just kind of talk and hope it goes somewhere. I really hope that you guys got some good out of this. Uh, I know I may sometimes be just a dumb blonde, but sometimes I think I have good advice. Um, yeah, so I hope you guys have a great day and blessings. Love ya.